Hey everyone, it's Bina007 back for another 10-minute movie review, wishing you a happy new year. Today we're going to talk about The Society of Snow, which is the latest film from Spanish director J.A. Bayona, who you may know from 2016's A Monster Calls, which was oh, one of the most moving films I saw at that year's film festival. He is back on Netflix this time with a recreation of the infamous 1972 Andes air crash. Now, if you're not familiar with this, what basically happened is that in 1972, a Uruguayan rugby club was having a match in Chile and chartered a private plane to take them to the match, which involves flying over the Andes Mountains. Now, these boys, and in many cases, they were just in their early 20s, were fairly spoiled, um, you know, young college students. They were living in a beautiful town in Uruguay by the sea. Many of them had never left town and certainly had never seen snow. And they approached this flight and this trip to Chile as amazingly good fun, you know, really high spirits. Unfortunately, one of the pilots made a navigational error, understandably, as they were flying into this horrific snowstorm and navigating purely by instrumentation. And the plane suffered an horrific crash with both of its wings sheared off, the fuselage at the back taken off and people falling through. And of the 45 people on board, only 29 survived the initial crash. Fatefully, you can believe in luck or you can have faith. This was on Friday, October 13th, 1972. Now, I don't think it's a spoiler because this happened 35. I don't think this is a spoiler because it happened so long ago and has been covered so often in the media. But if you don't want to know what happened next, I suggest skipping the next couple of minutes of explanation here. Effectively, you now have these young men and a few women trapped on the mountain. There is very little food, only what they've brought with them, so they have to ration it. The radio that they have tells them that the the search and rescue has been called off after 10 days because, you know, they can themselves see the flights flying overhead. But this little plane, white plane against the snow, is hard to pick out. And they come to the fateful decision as they are wasting away from starvation that they are going to eat the passengers who died on impact. And this is a very profound decision that they have to take. And for some of them who aren't particularly religious, you know, there are some medical students on board as well. You know, it's simply a matter of life and death. This is just luck. It's bad luck. And there is a source of protein outside of the plane. For others, it's a matter of grave religious conflict. You know, is this allowed by law? Is this allowed by God? Are they going to be condemned to eternal damnation? Remember that this rugby team was called the Old Christians and these kids were college students at a Catholic college run by Irish monks. So these religious questions are really profound. But they come to the conclusion that they are going to eat and they do so with as much reverence and as much care as you can imagine. The next big decision comes when there is a huge avalanche that enters the fuselage of the plane and unfortunately kills others because they're suffocated in the snow. And it's really a turning point where they realize that no one's coming to get them. They're starving. They've crossed the ultimate taboo just to eke out some kind of existence. 
and the mountain itself is not safe to stay on. So three of the men decide that they are going to build up their strength and the others are going to give them their rations and the best places to sleep. And they are going to try and climb the peak that's in front of them and get to what they assume is Chile on the other side. And of course, it's not because the pilot who gave them the information of of where they are was wrong. That's why they had the crash. And so what then becomes the two men who make this incredible 10-day walk, I say walk, it's a mountaineering climb. They have no mountaineering experience. They have no equipment. They have no compass. They have 10 days of rations, but they're meager and their bodies are already dying and starved. And somehow, somehow they get to the other side and they achieve the rescue of the remaining the remaining passengers. Now, this is a story that captivated the world at the time. No one had ever emerged from the Andes after a plane crash. So this miraculous two-day walk was seen as heroic and and the guys involved were acclaimed. But it was also given sensationalist coverage when the press realised after days of asking them, how did you survive? What did you eat? That they had resorted to cannibalism. And, you know, the poor guys involved had said they wanted to discuss it privately with the families of those involved, but they didn't have that chance. And when you see the press conference, they explain it in terms of eating the Eucharist. That if you are Catholic and you believe that every Sunday you are eating the transubstantiated body and blood of Christ, that isn't this the same sacrifice? Isn't this the sacrifice that those people have made? And isn't this the the, the nourishing muscle and protein that they needed to survive? You can question that today, but it was very, I think, a sincerely held belief by those involved. So as I said, the press the press coverage was huge and the the books, the testimony, the photographs, and indeed the film started almost immediately. I think for Western audiences, perhaps the most famous will be the 1993 American film called Alive, which is directed by Frank Marshall, who actually is better known as a movie producer, but he did direct a few films. It stars Ethan Hawke and Josh Hamilton. And it's an American cast. I mean, they do have um, the Uruguayan names and it's all set where it's meant to be set, but it's very much an American remake. Um, I actually watched it in preparation for watching The Society of Snow. And I have to say that unfortunately in 1993, they couldn't depict the accident in the same way as we would now, given where CGI um, and technology has come. And it does have a slightly more schmaltzy, more Disney-fied feel, as maybe one would expect from a film by Frank Marshall. But it's not terrible. It's not great. I think it it just sort of is what it is as an artifact of the time. I think the far more impressive film that was hitherto made is actually a documentary made in 2007. It was directed by someone called Gonzalo Arijon. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And what makes this documentary phenomenal is he just spends so much time with the survivors and he reconstructs the events that I have described through their testimony. And you see both how it felt for them at the time, but also the impact that it's had on them today and their body language and the language they choose to show. And you see the spectrum of reactions, right, from people who were really timid and really concerned with crossing the taboo to those who were like, stop talking about faith and religion. This is just bad luck. We're doing what we need to do. There's that whole spectrum of human reaction. What comes across really strongly, however, from the 
documentary is the collegiality. The fact that this was a team and it was a team of young men who were friends. And that, I think, was the crucial reason why they survived, because they trusted each other and they implicitly took the leadership when they crashed and the pilots were dead. They took the leadership of their captain, who gently, kindly asked them to do various things. They were incredibly disciplined. They rationed out the food in a particular way. It just feels to me like this is the ultimate, in a sense, team sports movie because it shows the value and the strength of having that collegiality and that trust in each other. It's a tremendously moving documentary. It's beautifully constructed, very fair, very well balanced. And I think you can still watch this on streaming services in the US. In the UK, you can find the full feature film on YouTube if you search for BBC Storyville because it showed as part of the BBC documentary season. Uh, but I would really highly recommend it. it. It showed at 2008 as the Sundance Film Festival and was critically well acclaimed. Which brings us to this new version, which is a fictional recreation of the same events. As I said, directed by J.A. Bayona, but taking a very different approach to that of Alive. The cast is made up of actors from Uruguay, from wider South America. It is scrupulously well-researched. There is real care and attention to honouring the people, both who died and those who survived. Um, it's technically incredibly accomplished. The cinematography and the, the CGI, the way they show the crash is petrifying, visceral. I mean, this is really what cinema can do now. It can put you right in that moment of fear. The same with when they have the avalanche. Um, I also feel that the performances are incredibly strong and you really come to know, I mean, it's hard to know all of the characters, but you really come to know them and see the differentiated personalities. You feel for them, the jubilation when they're rescued, but also the kind of what comes next. And I think it's really fascinating that Biona chooses to end the film on these boys now all rescued sadly not all rescued but those that have been rescued in hospital they've been cleaned up they're in good care and they arrange themselves as they did in front of the fuselage the society of the snow um, again they're going to have to get through the aftermath of this the questions from the media the questions of themselves and their consciences of what happened but the profound message of this film is that it's all about taking care of each other and bringing each other through. It is an uplifting message, but it's not one that shies away from the costs of that. I said that I found it an interesting place to end because where the documentary ends is in the press conference given by one of the men who had successfully hiked back, who tried to explain what happened, the intimate act, as he keeps saying, of the cannibalism. And in a sense, I like that J.A. Bayona doesn't end there because that isn't really what you should remember from this. Although, of course, it is the most sensational part of it. What you should remember is what allowed these people to survive and to will each other to survive. Um, that is, I think, the true story of this or part of the story equal to the sensationalist story of the cannibalism. Overall, I think this film is incredibly powerful. Its emotional impact is truly earned. And although I think many people will remember it in retrospect for the, the amazing technical accomplishment of the crash and some of the more fantastical action sequences. It's the quiet moments. It's the quiet moments of the script when the actors are just talking in twos and threes about how they feel about their lives, about their faith, 
faith about what has brought them here, um, when they're debating with each other about whether to lose hope or whether to carry on. Honestly, the acting performances here are so strong. It's, it's one of the finest ensemble cast performances I've seen in quite some time. So I would really strongly and highly recommend that you watch The Society of, of Snow. It's on Netflix on global release, having closed the Venice Film Festival, so it's very easy to access. I would strongly urge you to watch it in the original Spanish with English subtitles, even though Netflix gives you the option to watch it with an English dub. And I would really recommend that if you find this story fascinating, and I'm not sure how you wouldn't, that you also watch the documentary Stranded, because it's a wonderful complementary piece, and it really shows you those characters as they went through what they went through in their own voices, which I think is incredibly powerful. And, you know, just kudos to J.A. Bayona. At the end of his film, he matches up the pictures of the real people and then the people playing them. And you get from that and the sensitive way it's shown, the real care that has been taken over this film. And I think it comes through in every single frame. So I really hope you are as affected and moved by this film or these, these films as I was. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to leave a comment on the YouTube channel or on the blog at bina007.com. That's actually bina007.com. Thank you for listening. 